2: into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That is our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also listen to the podcast free and available wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single edition of the show. Show and be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council. Where tomorrow on Friday, I'll be back answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions. And with it being for agency, Guys, you got to get in really good questions to have your question answered on the show. So either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. If you'd like to participate in tomorrow's weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers, this episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And we will get started here on today's show, Continue our week-long discussion of the Carolina Panthers as they are in free agency. 4 p.m. Wednesday, the new league year started, and the Carolina Panthers in some of those deals that they agreed to, a little gentleman's handshake, on Monday and Tuesday and early on Wednesday morning all have officially become ratified and the new league year started. Panthers have got their salary cap and what what kind of space they have and all that's gone. And figured out. So here we are moving on and figuring out what the rest of this roster is going to look like. I told y'all on Monday doing our free agency primer that there were five position groups the Carolina Panthers needed to address outside of extending Bradley Bozeman, which, thank you, God, they did three years, $18 million on Monday evening. They got that deal done with Boz, his family, to stay here in Charlotte. So excited about that. All five of the starting offensive alignment here in Carolina under contract in two through the 2024 season, rather. Um, But you had to bring him back, bring back Bradley Bozeman. You need to get a veteran quarterback. They did that by signing Andy Dalton to a two-year, $10 million deal that I believe can go up to $17 million based off of how much playing time he has and how many of these incentives he's able to hit through the course of the season. The Panthers also need to go out there and get another safety Von Bell a captain in Cincinnati is now here in Carolina, allowing Jeremy Chin to play closer to the line of scrimmage at a more natural position in his new 3-4 scheme that Jero Averro is bringing over from Denver. The Panthers also need to go out there and get a defensive tackle and really anyone in the defensive line. They've done that with Shy Tuttle, the Carolina boy, back here in Carolina, getting pretty good deal, too. Shy Tuttle getting, uh, let's see, three years, $19.5 million, $13 million of it, guaranteed. So need to do that get a veteran quarterback, get a safety, a defensive lineman, also wide receivers because they trade away DJ Moore, and that will be a concern heading into the season based off of what happens the rest of free agency. They've yet to do that as of this recording. And, of course, the draft is still there, and they have a chance to get uh, number one maybe in the second round. We'll see how it plays out and who they take. But That's something that they're going to really have to address in the draft and probably even next season during free agency to really sure up that wide receiver group and even a tight end room as the Carolina Panthers want to build the best roster around this rookie quarterback. But another thing they needed to do was go out there and get a pass catching tight end. I had told y'all throughout the last couple of weeks, I don't care who it is. Evan Ingram from Jacksonville, I'll take him. Dalton Schultz from Dallas, I'll take him. And I guess preferably who'd my top choice. Mike Gesicki from the Dolphins, I'll take him. Hayden Hurst from Cincinnati, I will take him. I don't care. Find me someone who's not Tommy Trimble or Ian Thomas to catch the football, who plays the tight end position. Please do that. And Scott Fitter and the Carolina Panthers delivered on Wednesday morning as I was driving down to work in Concord over to NASCAR, saw it on my watch. Yeah, baby. Hayden Hurst is coming back to the Carolinas. Played college football at South Carolina. First round draft pick to the Baltimore Ravens, then was traded to Atlanta. Spent one year. And Cincinnati with the Bengals, helping them get to the AFC title game. And now he's back here in Charlotte with a three-year deal. Do not have the contract terms as of right now, but excited about the addition here of Hayden Hurst. Panthers need to go out there and find a pass catching tight end. Because for whatever reason, Matt Rule had no interest in utilizing the tight end position. It's kind of wild to me. Most teams in the NFL do that. We've seen the offense that Frank Reich has had in Philadelphia and in Indianapolis yeah, they like to tie it in. So Carolina, for whatever reason, did not like to tie it in. Well, that is all going to change. Uh, Hayden Hurst is here in Carolina. Again, three-year deal. Don't know the contract terms as of this moment. But four of the five boxes I talked about on Monday have been checked as the Panthers are past the new league year here in Carolina. All right, coming up here in a moment, Mike Kay, my buddy from the Charlotte Observer, going to tell us his thoughts on the Panthers trading number one. Did he give up too much? Also going to get his thoughts on um, what wide receivers potentially could be there to catch the football. Cause this is a really weak wide receiver market. We've already gone over that kind of concern, but also it's mm, March 16th. There's no reason to be all that concerned right now. And it's a process you're drafting a rookie, hoping he's going to be here for, like the next 10, 15 years. You have time to find receivers. Now I would say do it as soon as possible, Looking at the market might not be that possible to get the kind of players that we want here in Carolina. So we'll talk about that here in just a moment. As Mike Kaye from the Charlotte Observer we going to join us here on Locked on Panthers. But before we do that, let's get over to Fanduel, our new sports betting partner here on the Locked on Podcast Network. And today, March Madness, NCAA Tournament going on. And it's the biggest time of the year, one of the biggest times at least to bet. And that's why it's the perfect time to download Fanduel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers... Like you, potentially get a no-swept first bet up to $1,000. It's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout of a same-game parlay, so don't miss the chance to get your no-swept first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and, of course, the National Football League.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: All right, back here on Locked On Panthers, as promised, the venerable sports writer for the Charlotte Observer, Mike K. at Mike underscore E underscore k-a-y-e on twitter check out all his work at the charlotte observer alongside his colleagues scott fowler the columnist and ellis williams there on panthers beat with him as well mike twitter handle
0: still kind of rough but i love it honestly how are you doing buddy uh about as rough as my twitter handle to be honest with you i'm getting over like a pretty (laughs) bad like full full full-on virus like I I feel like I'm sound like I'm going through puberty again, and like not in the sense where anything else is, it, but my voice is being affected. So I guess I'm missing out on the other like gross parts. But anyway, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well, happy to have you. It's uh
2: not the best time for an NFL scribe to uh, come down with the cold because the fans don't care if you're sick. They want to hear about who the Panthers are going to sign in free agency. They want to know if these receivers like Adam Thielen, who reportedly is coming into Carolina on Wednesday, which we're recording on Wednesday, coming out on Thursday that he came in for a visit. They want to know is Thielen at 33 years old, trying to sign up for a rookie quarterback in this new project here in Carolina. I'd say probably not, but we'll see how that works out. So before we get there, Mike, and of course I hope you feel better. Um, and get well soon. Let's go back to Friday. I'm in Phoenix doing the day job with NASCAR getting ready for a race broadcast for the Arkham Menard series and there I see on my, my phone or my Apple watch get a little buzz. The Carolina Panthers are trading for the number one overall pick giving up a first round pick this year which really is just pick swap in 61st they got from San Francisco in a McCaffrey trade first rounder next year second rounder 2025 and DJ Moore. What were your initial thoughts because Part of me was surprised, but thinking about it, knowing who the owner is, I really shouldn't have been that surprised at all that the Carolina Panthers wanted to move up and control the draft and make sure that they get their guy.
0: So I think there's a couple of ways to look at this. Let's look at DJ Moore first, okay? DJ Moore, according to sources, that (laughs) – the Bears wanted this guy like really, really bad. And if you're looking at the free agency class right now and noticing that Juju Smith Schuster is getting $11 million and Jacoby Myers is getting $11 million, but it's who a paid while, Juju $11 million. The Patriots. oh, my it, God. Reportedly, reportedly. Um, Cause it's not my, it's not my reporting. Uh, but if you look at those numbers and then you look at how still the tight end market is and how still the running back market is this playmaker group, in free agency is one of the worst that we've had in probably a decade. The good players are either franchise-tagged or re-signed. There aren't a lot of options out there, and clearly the Bears, looking at this draft class, which isn't very deep at wide receiver, it's actually the first time in like five years it hasn't been a deep wide receiver class, and free agency is kind of rough, even though they have a ton of money. Yeah. So they decided to go for a guy who, you know, there are people in the league that believe that he... Is a good enough number one to me. If I'm the Panthers just based on this system, I don't know how they view him. Maybe they view him as a slot receiver, maybe they view him as an ex. But to me, clearly, he was the go to piece of this puzzle. And when you look at what's happened over the last five years, you know that the main ingredient to losing is not having a quarterback. And I think the Panthers just said, Look. I mean, on paper, it looks like a lot. But like you said, it's a first-round pick swap, a second-round pick, and a future first-round pick. So really, in reality, it just depends on how much you weigh DJ Moore. And I think the fan base has been very vocal about how much they appreciated DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore is a, at worst, top 30 wide receiver in the league. So he's a number one, in theory. Uh, And so but is that worth the quarterback situation? We've talked about this with, with Christian McCaffrey too. It's like, at some point you've got to get the, the, you know, the head of the snake as it were, right. You can't just wiggle around and do all these cool little tricks and then not have what you want. So to me, as somebody who said, who has constantly said, uh, you know, if you want a guy, go get him. uh, I can't really argue against this move.
2: No, and Scott Fitter told us last year when they were sitting at six, like if you have conviction, you take that guy there at six or you move up. And certainly there was no one to have conviction about last year. And he said the same thing at the combine a couple of weeks ago. If you have conviction, then move up. And I always felt like – and I always thought they should move up. Now, I personally don't believe that any of these quarterbacks out there are worth the number one pick. I don't see a Trevor Lawrence in this draft. I don't see a Joe Burrow in this draft. I don't see that that surefire can't miss prospect. Love Bryce Young. Of course, the concern is his height and size. Like I am 6'1, 208. I am bigger than what Bryce Young weighed in at the combine. But I still love the guy and honestly, that like, might be the guy I want them to take. CJ Stroud I think he's great. Richardson could be. I don't know. That's a big risk to me, in my opinion, but it's a crapshoot. Will Levis. You know, whatever. We we talked about that coffee and the mayo, and that's weird. I don't know. Or the mayo and the coffee. Weird kind of stuff. So I felt like they needed to move up. I just didn't know if they needed to give up that much. And I do agree with you. If you don't have a quarterback, what does it matter who your receivers are? But also, you got to be able to have the receivers around the quarterback. But get the quarterback first, and then you can build this offense around him. And I think with a coaching staff and a good offensive line and potentially a solid run game, too, to lean on, you aren't going to be asking him that much in terms of the passing game goes anyways. I prefer to have DJ Moore here. I agree that he is pr- hes a top 30 receiver. Is he that surefire number one? I don't know. He's never really had a good enough quarterback for me to really know whether he's that guy or not. But then, I mean, Devontae Adams last year had Derek Carr, and I think Derek Carr is just okay, and look what he was able to do again and be an all-pro. So we'll see how it works out. So I- I'm fine with it, but in a way, it's kind of like, mm, man, would have not loved to give Vin that up that much first impressions. Who do you think they're going to take? I mean, it feels like younger Stroud is what everyone's saying. And my hope is, I don't know how you feel. We got six weeks. I don't want to find out until April 27th, right? When they're announcing it or when Adam Schefter ruins it for us all, I don't want to find out next week. I don't want to find out April 4th. I want to find out April 27th, like give
0: us the content, man. That's what we need. The mystery. I mean, I'd like to find out as a reporter. Just my like natural <laughs> inclination for the truth, but yes. here's the, here's the thing. What I will say on paper and on film, to me, CJ Stroud is the most prototypical player for Frank Reich as a quarterback. His his yeah. pocket presence, his accuracy, his size. He it was like in the first eight weeks of this past season, he was playing a game within a game. Called beyond the line of scrimmage is lava. But we saw in that Georgia game that like he can scoot, right? Like he is a guy who has very good pocket mobility, even when he wasn't running. And I think that that's something that Frank Reich really likes. Oh, by the way, I don't mean to get ahead of ourselves, but... The Panthers should, did just sign uh, Andy Dalton. Why is that important? Well, guess who he mentored as a rookie just a couple of years ago? Justin Fields, who is very good friends with C.J. Stroud. Uh, you know, I, I, I think – and and who, by the way, is not really known as a huge runner, but he's known for his pocket mobility. Yes. Oh, and by the way, he's pretty accurate and very good at protecting the football. Huh. Uh, but anyway – on that note, you know, just playing detective here, uh, what I would say is it, it's worth acknowledging the ties there. But I also think when you look at this this group, so you had a guy in Josh McCown who's very sharp and smart. Frank Reich, sharp, smart. Jim Codwell yeah. is a QB mind. They bring in Andy Dalton, who has 14,000 more passing yards in his career than both Reich and McCown put together, uh, was actually – Knows of the group that was available knows what it's like to be a rookie starter, a franchise quarterback. Oh, and by the way, like I said, he's got that connection to Justin Fields who raved about him as a mentor. So I think, uh, I think you're onto something with Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, but to me, like on paper, I'm not saying I've heard that this is the guy because I haven't nobody actually knows. No. Yeah. But based on my analysis and my understanding of this staff and the move they just made, C.J. Stroud sounds pretty good in this in this ecosystem. Yeah, and I just look at the, the class. I, I don't think you can,
2: again, crapshoot who the hell knows what's actually going to happen when they get on the field, whether it's in Carolina or Indianapolis or wherever else in the league. I don't know who's actually going to turn out to be the best player. I just know the best players I saw in college of the four was Bryce Young, who of course won the Heisman Trophy, in C.J. Stroud at Ohio State? Who, again, I, I like you. I, I was not necessarily. I don't. I'm not saying you weren't convinced, but I was not necessarily that convinced by C.J. Stroud until that Georgia game. When you do that, and I saw how Anthony Richardson played against Georgia, it wasn't like that. Now, also, C.J. Stroud's got a lot more help at Ohio State than Anthony Richardson sure. had at Florida. I understand the talent disparity, but still, Stroud was excellent. Everything that people wanted to see from him, you finally saw it in that game. And I never really felt like he wasn't mobile. I look at the late Wayne Haskins as someone who really wasn't like a mobile quarterback at all playing at Ohio state system. Like he was certainly a guy who was just like system, Hey, quick out, get the ball out was accurate at Ohio state. And then had other issues in Washington that led to him not having that much success. I never had that concern. I hate the lazy trope of oh, Ohio state quarterbacks. They can't work out. And I have no idea why these Ohio state quarterbacks haven't worked out in the past. I, I think about Ohio state as a program. That's won a championship with, with Craig Krenzel. So, I mean, if they can win with him, and they had Kirk Street won games there. So, and that's not like they want to do anything. It's not like every Ohio State quarterback's been a top-tier NFL prospect and having all the talent around him that also helps him. I'm not thinking about that at all with C.J. Strouds. So I would take him or Young, and I've already said on the show, if they take Richardson, they take Levis, fine. Take a quarterback, develop them. You have the staff around them. It's their job to get those guys up to speed and have them succeed anyways. If the player doesn't work out, well, the player's gone, and so is the coaching staff. It's an organizational failure if that happens. Looking at free agency, because if you're going to take a quarterback, which is clearly what they're going to do, you need to build around the guy. Love that they brought Bradley Bozeman. Like the fact that they went out and got Hayden Hurst on Wednesday to address the tight end position. Um, love Von Bell signing. That's now going to allow Jeremy Chin probably to move closer into the box, closer to the line of scrimmage. Shy Tuttle, you got a nose tackle there. They've done all the right things so far as far as the boxes. I think they need to check here in free agency. The one thing though this wide receiver, and we've already won over it. Not a great wide receiver class. Adam Thielen came in for a visit on Wednesday. What is your expectation at all as far as who they could be targeting during free agency? Because I just don't see anyone now that Jacoby Myers is off the board, Shai Smith, not Shai Smith, but um, Juju Smith schusters off the board. I just don't see that many guys where it's like, oh, yeah, like that's somebody you really feel like is going to come in here and elevate a position group that's currently led by Terrace Marshall, Shy Smith, and LaVishka Chenault.
0: Oh, you don't like that trio? Any, uh, no! Um, so I think what you look at Thielen, I mean, Thielen's a guy who can play the slot. He's not really what he was a couple of years ago. I mean, the regression is there. He's been in the league for nine years. Um, you know, he's kind of the wide receiver equivalent of Andy Dalton, right? He's been a guy who's been a number one target. He's been a guy who's who's kind of had to lead the way for a younger guy. They've got pretty similar career narratives. But when you look at these free agency signings, external and internal, Bradley Bozeman, leader, great character guy. Von Bell, oh my God, the amount of feedback I've gotten about this dude is a leader and a person. Huge. Comes from a military family. Um, I don't know a ton about Shai Title personally. Uh, I know he was very well liked in New Orleans. Kind of a quiet guy. Um, Andy Dalton, great leader, knows his place on the roster, willing to accept a, 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 a smaller role. So these are go- – oh, and then Hayden Hurst is a guy who is a big advocate of mental health awareness, uh, a really good teammate. Uh, I I think they're trying to build a culture here that's unique to this staff. I also think that last year, for a lot of the beat writers in that room, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but it to me, it seemed like the offensive skill players were missing a leader. DJ Moore is kind of a lead by example guy. And sometimes you've got need a guy who can be vocal, go up to somebody and say, Hey, listen, this is how you're going to run this. Or this is, this is what the quarterback's thinking. I think you've got that now with Andy Dalton. Uh, I think Hayden Hurst is a guy who can kind of help this young tight end group. And then yeah. look, I think if they bring in Thielen, we're talking Wednesday afternoon before he technically can actually walk into the building at four o'clock. Um, yeah. He's a guy that the the entire position room can lean on. Now, you got guys out there like Paris Campbell, who played for Frank Reich for three and a half years, thinks the world of him. Um, you have guys like Nicole Hardman, who could really fill that T.Y. Hilton uh, role in this offense. They're going to try to stretch the field. They're going to get a guy who can, can get down the field. I just think Thielen's a guy who's really just a, a technician in the slot at this point.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's a possession receiver and that's something you need. And, like sure. there, we saw flashes from Terrace Marshall at the end of last season. I still think that he can be a good player. We're just running out of time and it like, it needs to happen right now. Panthers need to be figuring out what they want to do with that guy. Now they don't have to give him an extension next year, but he's going to be heading into his fourth and final year of his rookie contract in 2024. And you'd like to know if he's that guy. So, or at least is someone worth keeping around and Chanel, I don't really look at him as being like a long-term option. And Shai Smith, I think he kind of is what he is at this point in time. Had a really good preseason, but just didn't really kind of step up and be that number three wide receiver and give you the same production that he we had seen during the preseason. It's it's a business group that I'm telling people it's probably going to leave you wanting after this year or really going to this year, and we'll see what it looks like in a couple weeks and after the draft it's going to take time. Like, they can get more guys next year. It's not, like, going to be one set group that the rookie quarterback's going to have for the rest of his career. Like, they are going to keep building this roster. I was still looking at it because, I mean, tight end, needed to get somebody. Wide receiver, haven't gotten there yet, at least at this conversation. Defensive line, maybe they add another one there. Linebacker, like, do you see any other players out there that you think the Panthers might be targeting or any other position groups? I've kind of gone over, like, the top five that I felt like they absolutely must-haves outside of that like linebacker
0: maybe corner i don't know what what are you saying we're thinking so my understanding is they do plan to use shy title in base formation as a nose tackle that implies to me that it's likely going to be a hybrid system because he's he's a good fit at nose tackle for like a one technique and a four three under three four he's a little undersized unless his listing is completely off because six three three hundred is typically a five technique so that's where they'll put Derek Brown. I think they will add somebody kind of in the mid-level tier over the next couple of days to that defensive line. Linebacker, they need a lot of bodies. They rework Shaq. Brandon Smith's around, but he's still kind of just an athlete, like that guy that you recruit at a high school who can probably play seven positions and not one yet. Yeah. Uh, and then I think, look, Corey Littleton's a free agent. He's a guy who kind of makes sense. He's been in that Evero... Uh, you know, Wade Phillips like system before. Um, and then look, I think there will be an edge, but here's the thing if you're running a hybrid system, you typically have your weak side edge is the one edge rusher, the Leo, um, which I, I, I liked what I saw from Marquise Haynes last year. I like what I saw from Ari Berno last year, Barno last year. And then on the opposite side, you've got Frankie Luvu, who's likely to be a Sam linebacker or a guy who rotates with Jeremy Chin as like kind of a rover. Um, They do need another corner in my opinion, but that might be in the draft, especially especially if they go to nickel. Uh, They need another running back and the entire league seems to be playing it slow on this running back position. Ezekiel Elliott just got released, according to the insiders. Uh, I don't know if they'd have interest in him. He's taken a lot of wear and tear over the years. De- Deontay Foreman's in kind of a weird spot where, like, actually, if you looked at the Cowboys, that could be a really good landing spot for him if he wants to sign for, like, three to $4 million. Um, and then, look, you still got Miles Sanders and Jamal Williams out there who have worked with Deuce Staley. But what I was going to say to you is this. They seem to be taking the 2016 Philadelphia Eagles approach, okay? So the Eagles traded up to get okay. Carson Wentz. Uh, didn't have a lot of picks, didn't have a lot of talent on offense. Carson Wentz's first year had a great offensive line, uh, yes. a really good defensive line on the other other side, kind of middling talent behind that. He had Zach Ertz, and that was it. Like, there, he was throwing to guys like Bryce Treggs, who you've never heard of. He was tra- trading to the, when they traded for Doriel Beckham, uh, Toryell Green Beckham. Yeah, Green Beckham. They acted yeah. like uh, he was the second coming of of uh, Randy Moss, and I mean, like that's how bad the wide receiver depth chart was. Yeah. Well, send Missouri fans back in 09. Well, there you go. So, and then, and then, uh, then the next year they added Tory Smith. They added Alshon Jeffrey. Um, they got the defense to play a lot better. They brought in Chris Long. They brought in um Rodney McLeod or no Rodney McLeod came in 2016 so 2016 what they did was they spent on they spent well on on positions that they didn't necessarily value as a whole but that they valued the players they brought in Rodney McLeod on a pretty market friendly deal they brought in Brandon Brooks who turned out to be a massive get for them at right guard they they re-signed some guys that that's essentially what they're doing here, and I, I don't know how you can't look at this as a two-year rebuild, especially with them going all in at quarterback.
2: Yeah, and that's that's so true, and a good point that you make there, because I've been sitting here being like, man, like I would love to see this team, because the NFC South, it's still open. You look at the quarterbacks right now, it's Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. you got Derek Carr in New Orleans. you got Baker Mayfield now in Tampa Bay, or Kyle Trash, but Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay, and then whoever the Carolina Panthers draft like the saints are going to be the team to beat the NFC South because they have an established quarterback. I think Derek Carr is a good player. They got Michael Thomas coming back. If he can stay healthy, like that's going to be a good team. I think coming up here, like good relative to the NFC South compared to everyone else within the division, Like the Panthers can still be in the race potentially. Cause I do think Dalton gives him a chance. If he starts a couple games or they want him to start the whole season, he's fine. He's good enough. He's not the same guy. He was a couple of years ago in Cincinnati, but he's been a good player in this league. And I think he fits what they want to do defensively. Like, Yeah. They got a couple holes they got to fill. Cause I do agree with you with corner. It's not necessarily like go out and get a veteran, like draft somebody who can be that number two guy after Dante Jackson probably leaves next off season. Cause the injuries, you can't really depend on him. You haven't been able to depend on JC Horn either at this point in time, but I think he'll probably be fine. Not trying to call the guy injury pro linebacker. You're going to have to find somebody eventually. And outside of that, like, yeah, probably another edge rusher. Everyone always tells me, oh, let's get on Clowney. Let's bring in Bud Dupree. So you want a bunch of underperforming edge rushers? Like, why? I, t- I don't understand because he's from Rock Hill, and there's a bunch of South Carolina fans. He blew up the dude from Michigan like a decade ago. He's never been the dude we thought he was going to be coming out of South Carolina, and I don't really have much of an appetite for it. But you're kind of you're right, though. This is going to take some time because defensively, this should be good. They got a good offensive line. Special teams, whether it's Zane Gonzalez, whether it's Eddie Pinheiro, they're going to be fine, special teams wise, I think, and bringing back Sam Franklin—that's a big move, whether people want to kind of undersell it or not. Like he's a cure special teams guy, and look at a dude who they had for a long time in Indianapolis, and what's going on, how they've settled with what Matthew Slater, uh, with Indy with with uh, New England rather with special teams. Like I feel like he could be that maybe to Carolina. Might be overselling him now, but still, I kind of look at that too. Like it could be a two-year rebuild, and that's not what people want to hear the most important thing heading in 2023 is that you have a decent enough foundation for the rookie. And after the season through the season, you want to see the guy at least make strides. And then, like you said, then go out there, see what the free agent market is next year for the wide receivers. See who you can get in the draft. Probably your first round pick next year is going to be a wide receiver based off of how these guys kind of grow and how they play this upcoming season. So yeah, you are kind of setting in a, a good barometer as far as like what expectations really should be, heading to this year, even though like we're not even through like the first week of free
0: agency. Just my thoughts. They have a huge amount of cap space next year. So looking at over the cap, they have, uh, I mean, the cap hasn't been set, but based on their projections, they have 124 million in cap space. So like, that's the thing. If you can build a foundation this year, next year is going to be money. Like literally, you're going to be able to spend money. You're going to be able to surround uh, whoever this rookie quarterback is with talent. And I think they know that. This is the, the the foundation year. And a lot of people have gotten on me about calling Andy Dalton a bridge quarterback instead of a veteran backup. What a bridge quarterback actually is uh, beyond the general definition, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of uh, hasty about this, but uh, it's a guy who can lead the offense until the rookie is ready, whether that means the first set of OTAs or that means the first week of training camp or that means week two of the regular season listen the worst thing you can do is rush a guy just because you you take a guy number one doesn't mean you have to throw him out there so I, I tell this story all the time so the Jaguars traded up to get Blaine Gabbert when mm-hmm. they had David Garrard in place and they were going to take their time with him oh wait until the last week of the preseason when they cut him And then Blaine Gabbard had to start almost immediately. You bring up Missouri. You remember that old – I mean, you remember the Missouri offense back when nobody was running spread in the NFL. Nobody was doing, like, the college-style offense. They threw him out there. He got the yips. He never recovered, never met his full potential. I mean, he got better as he he met up with Bruce Arians and, you know, time heals old wounds. But he never became that starting quarterback who had all that potential. You risk doing that with a guy. And there's no need to do that, especially when you're not paying him as much. Like he is on a rookie contract. You can wait two or three weeks. And yes, I know Andy Dalton's not the draw that that CJ Stroud or Bryce Young is when it comes to ticket sales. But for the long-term benefit of this team, which is what this coaching staff is, which is what that Andy Dalton signing is, it's to make a long-lasting impact on the face of the franchise. And so bridge quarterback means, look, look, I've covered the NFL for over a decade. I've been a beat writer for, for, this will be my ninth year. Running an NFL practice is so hard compared to running a practice in college. The (laughs) expectations are incredibly different. Your role as a leader on the practice field is completely different. Andy Dalton, I would be shocked if he is not the the first team quarterback for at least the first week of OTAs. And I'd be kind of shocked if he if he was if he wasn't the guy that took the first snaps in training camp. That doesn't mean that C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson might not start Week One. Yeah, but you have to kind of set the tone and show a guy what he's doing before you let him kind of fall in.
2: His- yeah, and and two thing if you just look at the if you just look at the money with um, Andy Dalton, like it's eight million dollars guaranteed, and it's seventeen million potentially if he hits certain benchmarks. Like a lot of times, just look at the money that these guys are making, and that tells you all you need to know about what their role is likely going to be. Like Andy Dalton, if he's he's probably going to start, start out the season, we'll see how it goes. It's, I'm just saying, probably here on March 16th, not saying it's going to happen, but he's probably going to start. And if that right. happens, so be it. Cause this is a guy who's supposed to be the rookie's supposed to be here for like over a decade. Right. He doesn't have to play right, right away. Like they're not going to win a Super Bowl this year. They could go to the playoffs, maybe we'll see how everything works out the next couple of months. But the expectations aren't going to be, oh, Lombardi or bust this year. It's, Mm -hmm. hey, let's give the guy time. Let him develop. The staff is in place, theoretically. We'll see if this is actually the staff. We've
0: hyped them up. Let's see how good they actually are. So I I I, agree. Like There's no reason to, to, to rush it. I've got a great stat for you, okay? And I found this today. So the last three years, Andy Dalton started 29 games. Sam Darnold started 29 games. Quarterback records. One of them is 13 and 16. The other one's 10 and 19. Andy Dalton's the one with the better record. So even there, as your long-term backup, veteran backup, is an upgrade over Sam Darnold in very layman's terms, QB stats. I mean, QB wins, whatever you want to have. But when you look at Andy Dalton, he was the perfect guy to bring in. A lot of people were like, well, Josh McCown is is kind of like the pseudo backup quarterback. It's different with peer mentorship than coaching mentorship. You have to actually have kind of boundaries. I've seen it where position coaches are too buddy-buddy with mm-hmm. their players, and that doesn't allow them to grow. And so Josh McCown, who's learning actually how to be a quarterbacks coach in the NFL, needs to set those boundaries And he's going to be able to do that with a guy in Andy Dalton who actually has significantly more game experience than McCown. So I think having those extra eyes and ears and having those pointers on the practice field, having, having Dalton be able to show a throw and mechanics or how to line up the, the offense, as opposed to letting, you know, Josh McCown who's supposed to be his teacher do it. He can, he can get on the same page as Josh McCown and, and Dalton can deliver a message through McCown's, message i mean he can speak his own voice with mccown's teachings, yeah. and i think that that's really really important yeah and
2: that's what people should want what's best for the rookie quarterback coming in here like they they shouldn't want to be, hey i I also would love to see the guy play I whoever they draft i want to see him play but i wanted to do it the right way like i, I have patience like i want the team to win and if it impacts winning where they play him too quickly the Dude loses his confidence and we're looking at a Zach Wilson situation in New York with the Jets, even though uh, I never thought Zach Wilson would be any good anyways, but whatever. Um, That's not, well, It's not locked on Jets, but still we'll see how it works out, man. So, I, so far, like what they've done, we got six weeks. I know you want to know who the quarterback is. I I need them to keep it under wraps for six more weeks because I, I, I'm not in a rush. I need the content in the mystery of it all. But Mike K, appreciate you. Feel better. Um. Going to be pretty busy for you still. Check them out at the Charlotte Observer. Tim, Ellis Williams, Scott Fowler, do a great job. Subscribe to your local paper. If you don't do that, don't know what you're doing. Like, how many people cover the Panthers? Like, I do the podcast. Mike, Ellis, Scott, they cover for the paper. There's Joe Person, the athletic. And who else? I guess the TV stations. But, like, they're not doing what they do. Like, there's not a lot of people writing about your team that actually know your team. So, subscribe to the paper. It's like a dollar, like I think for like 30 days or something like or three months. It's insane the kind of deal they give you. It's nothing out of your pocket. You have Netflix. What what's on Netflix that really you need more than to subscribe to your local paper to see what's going on in your community? Do it. Follow him on Twitter at Mike underscore E underscore K A Y E. His name is Mike K. Mike, thank you so much again for your time.
0: And of course, your wonderful insight. Thanks for having me and thanks for uh, willing your way through that. That was, that was something that was, a, that was a, that was a full on sales pitch and then a tough uh, on-camera read. So I appreciate it. No,
2: appreciate you as always. And appreciate the uh, Charlotte observer, which I've always called a disturber, but I won't do that now, even though I just did. All right. Come back here. Wrap the show here on lock On Panthers.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Always, always fun conversation with Mike K from the Charlotte Observer. Again, subscribe to the paper, guys. Come on. Don't, don't be that person that doesn't do it. It's online. You don't need to have the hard copy. It's online. Go go out there and do it. It's a dollar, like 90 days, something like that. I don't know. Um, so do that. Check him out on Twitter at Mike underscore E underscore K-A-Y-E, Mike K. Yeah, so excited to see what happens. They need to get a wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. Here, they need that. Um, but like we had the discussion just then, it's hard to look at just a roster overall. And I've I've actually kind of like come around on this throughout the last week and just think about what the expectations should be. And I know I, I said like, what are realistic expectations? And this was before like they lost DJ Moore. Like they didn't lose DJ Moore. And I know it's hard to say that because DJ Moore's not really helping them win games in the past. Like the bad quarterback play is what was hurting them and whenever they got good quarterback play like that helped them win games DJ Moore obviously was an important asset and I don't think losing DJ Moore necessarily should mean that the Carolina Panthers are going to be like worse off but wide receiver is going to be a question mark. But you need to have a quarterback who can get them the football anyways and the Panthers have not had that. And the only guy who's played wide receiver when the Panthers have gotten good quarterback play that has done anything with the ball has been DJ Moore outside that one season with Robbie Anderson in 2020 where he had a thousand yards received so we'll see. I, I'm just looking at it. I think the defense is good, but yeah, like they need an edge rusher opposite of Brian Burns. They need another corner who can step up and be that starter opposite of J.C. Horn when Dante Jackson probably leaves this time next year. Um, they need another linebacker, and yeah, I think that the, other than that, they're probably fine. But that's still some holes they got to fix. Not every other team in the not every team in the NFL, as we know, has a complete roster on their 53 man not everyone has every single position at the point where they want it to be at and when they do oftentimes if they lose those guys look at philadelphia right now with all the free agents that, they're, that they have that they're losing because they can't keep everybody they can't pay anybody because it's a salary cap league so the panthers defensively i think they'll be fine especially in this scheme now is Jero probably only gonna be here for a year if he can stay for two that'd be great but don't be surprised if he's gone elsewhere as a head coach next season special teams wise whether it's Zane Gonzalez or Eddie Pinero, I don't worry about the, the place-kicking game. And with the punter, Johnny Ecker and Chris Tabor and Devin Fitzsimmons there as the coaches, I'm not concerned about them. And Sam Franklin being back, I'm good there. There's a strong offensive line. They have a pass-catching tight end now of Hayden Hurst for at least the next two, three years. Three-year deal, we'll see what the terms are, but at least the next two, three years, Hayden Hurst is here in Carolina. And they have a receiver and Terrace Marshall, who I think can step up and be that number two one day. Just will that be this year? as a pseudo one, or will he be the number two? We'll see. It's just going to be a building process. The team is not going to be ready to compete for a Super Bowl right away under Frank Reich. But next year, if that quarterback makes the strides that we want to see him make this year, and they go out there and put enough around him, skill position-wise, on the offensive side of the ball, and they're able to find that corner that can play as well and stay healthy, and they can get an edge rusher outside of Ryan Burns, this can be a team that can dominate the NFC South. But right now, you look at New Orleans as probably the team to beat. Even though, like the Saints, still I don't think they're all that great. But they have that quarterback. They have receivers. They're in a better position offensively than the Panthers are right now. But the Panthers, it's a it's a building process. It's still a rebuild. As much as we hate to hear that and don't want to go through a sixth season not being in the playoffs, it might be our reality. We'll see how it works out. There's still free agency. We got it going on. Gotta see how the rest of that works out. Also, gotta see how the draft goes. The Panthers. Could still have enough on offense and on defense and on special teams and at the quarterback position to be the best team in the NFC South. Just going to take some time to find out whether that will be the case this year or next year or the years after that. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Painters podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network hosted by yours, Julie Julian Council. Again, y'all make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Lockdown Painters YouTube channel. Make sure to listen to the podcast wherever. You listen to your favorite podcast, free and available everywhere. Rate, review, and subscribe. And check me out on Twitter at Julian Council, where you should click the follow button and then go over to my DMs and ask me a question for tomorrow's weekly Friday mailbag. Either at me or DM me there on Twitter for that. But first, follow me at Julian Council. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Friday.